This episode of the podcast is brought to you by you for supporting those local businesses and brands that you believe in. And one thing we can do in these wacky times where they're telling us, you can open your business. No, you have to close your business. You can open your business again. Well, maybe I'm going to shut that business down. Guess what? We don't have control over that decision no matter what we believe is right. But one thing that we can do is go to their website, find the items that may be on our wish list, maybe we already have them and use them and love them, or just go to their home screen and screenshot it, repost it and tag them in it, let them know you're out there and let them know you care. That's the most important thing in times like these is to come together and support each other, no matter our beliefs, to lift each other up and get through these crazy times. One person that does that for sure that even has an Instagram page dedicated to local businesses in her area is Laura Lee Smith. She's a realtor in the Bryan College Station, Texas and surrounding area. And if you're in the market to buy or sell a home in that area, I highly suggest you call or text her. We did and we got the home that we absolutely dreamt of at the price that was perfect for us. She knows everything about the housing market. She can answer all your questions. And before you know it, you'll have a plan set together and I get you'll go, I guess we have our realtor. So call or text her at 979-218-2315. That's 979-218-2315. My guest today on the podcast is a small business owner herself, but she's got a big heart. Her name is Charlotte Alexander. She's a yoga teacher with a thousand hours specializing in yoga therapy. She had her own like physical place to go to, but then because of all this stuff, she's had to work around it and she's really does a fantastic job. She kept grinding and she kept doing the thing that she believed in, which is yoga and teaching people power of the mind and breathing and just all sorts of good stuff. She explains yoga in a way that even my simple brain can understand. And I'll let her do all the rest of the talking, but please go support her and her studio, which is Ohm Grown Collective and Ohm Grown Yoga Studio. I'll put the website's in the show notes so you can click on them and go there real easy. But without any further blabbering or talking on my part, please welcome and enjoy this conversation with Charlotte Alexander. There we go. We're recording. All right. Thank you so much for joining me, Charlotte. Absolutely. You've had kind of a time of it, I guess, as of like Yeah. Yeah. Because you have a yoga studio and those are kind of tough because not only is it, I imagine, like small space of people, but then you have, it's also not like a well-ventilated room. So things, particles mm-hmm. might stay inside. Like you've got a whole bunch of issues that you have to deal with, with that sort of stuff. How long have you had the yoga studio in the first place? So we opened our first studio. Um, we actually signed put the LLC into place six years ago at the end of this month. And so we opened in downtown Bryan and a little over three years after that, our building was sold and we were kicked out. And so we had to scramble for about four months, two years ago to find a new place and start fresh. Because honestly, the real work behind yoga and people who come go for what it is, the smaller setting classes are more important. Um, it's beneficial to everybody. They can kind of relax into it more. The more people in the room, people get more anxious. And so, um, yeah, we've been in that space almost two years and two years this August. And so, yeah, it was really because we can't even, even maintaining um, social distancing. It's two people in our room with how small with what we're doing. And so that's just, it's not, um, 
yeah, it's been interesting. This time around, though, I'm not alone, so it's been better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what got you into all of this? Like, what's some background? Because I know, like, people who know you, but I don't actually even know, like, what your stuff about. I just heard kind of some of your stories secondhand and everything. So what, okay. what, uh, what got you into yoga in the first place and all through that journey? Yeah, so... Um, well, um, I'll be 36 at the end of December. And so when I was 17, I grew up in a very um, challenging home with my parents' divorce and everything and all the things that can come with that, which most people can kind of assume a lot. And um, I ended up, it was really, I'm, a, I, I'm one of five kids and I'm the really emotional sensitive one. And so I carry a lot of stuff on me and um, I ended up getting just really depression hit me really bad when I was 17. And my grandmother who lives in East Texas, um, just right outside of Houston, she, I was with her one summer on the farm and she was just like, she came into my room and she's like, I read in the Chronicle that yoga can help with depression. So you're going to yoga class. And that was my first yoga class. And um, I was 17 and it was uh, right in the middle of my junior year of high school. And it really clicked with me. And it was old school too. It's like in a lady's house, it was all loose fitting clothes. Um, the really tacky incense burning, um, really mats, no technique involved, anything like what it is now. So I got to see it before... Um, commercial America took over and it was a really cool setting and doing that with my grandmother was just always lovely. And so I started that and then into college, I did it at the rec center at A&M. Um, but because of my home life and with my depression, it all hit me so heavy and all of us carry things differently and we can't really help it how we're wired, but it did start to, I did start to have seizures. I started to, uh, um, seizures so much when I was, um, when I was in college, I was uh, training to be a barista. And one morning I had so many seizures and I had so many third degree burns repeat repetitively. I had to go to the ER and um, that was for in Clemson and then Clemson, South Carolina. And uh, they said, you need to go home and see a neurologist. And so I came home and I got an EEG and all those tests. And turns out I have juvenile myclonic epilepsy. Um, and I just thought that's just something I was born with. And it comes out um, in early 20s for a lot of kids or late teens. And um, they tried to put me on meds for about 14 months and nothing would really fit. Chemically, it just ne we never found a good fit and actually made the situation worse. So I was pulled more and more into yoga because that was the only thing that calmed my nerves down. No matter how many medications they gave me for side effects at 21 and 22 years old, the yoga is actually what brought me more idea of control in a situation where I didn't have. So I was taking care of the symptoms with the medication. And then it was in 2008, about 14 months after I um, got on the meds that I just, I did more and more yoga. I was going every day, multiple times a day at the little community center there. Um, so again, it was nothing fancy. Um, but it did what it needed to do for me. And uh, I came home and after seeing the neurologist again, and he wanted to shift my medication all, I just tossed that prescription in the trash when I walked out that office. And I'm like, you know, I've been reading more. I'm like, you know, 
my seizures aren't so bad that I need all of this. If I can find a way to reduce what's triggering my seizures, then I think I can have it handled. And I only had two grandma seizures. He said the thing was I couldn't have a lot of these tiny seizures. It would build into the grandma type of seizures. And I've only had two of those and it was during wedding planning and all of that. So high pressure. And um, my last grandma was like three, four years ago. So um, just with business stuff, married, been, I've been married 10 years, but um, I just got off the meds and I started doing yoga and I stopped drinking alcohol and I started looking at what I ate and the energy I put into my body. I made sure I slept better because I was just deep into college, 21, grew up in closet station. You know, you don't get to drink till you're 21 basically. And <laughs> so I had, it, it was like, it was just like, I mean, I was at the circus. So, um, and I think that inflamed them. I think all the excessive alcohol, I wasn't just the stress at home. And so it just yoga just really opened up a whole new world for me as far as mindfulness and neuroplasticity and just the mental, what you can do to maintain control of yourself. Cause we are told that's all we can control. Right. And so um, growing up in a home, I had no control and I was thrown into really big situations without being prepared um, and carrying that and doing therapy and yoga's just been um it's kind of turned into my life's work because now I just want to share it with others because I know so many people are just plagued with the voices in their heads and how they have to be and all this stuff. And it's like, I don't think we were created to work that hard internally. I That's think we were. Cool that, it's yeah. pretty cool that you got off, like you stopped your medications, but you also, the yoga combined with the alcohol and looking at what you're eating, like mm -hmm. the whole encompass part of your, like, every part of your life you started to like deconstruct it and put it back together yeah. in a way where you wouldn't have those seizures. So you didn't have to be on the medications. Right. 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 Yeah. And that's what yoga therapy is. You'll see the hot top, like hot yoga, vinyasa yoga, all this stuff. I teach all of it and I've been teaching. And so once I got off the meds, I immediately got certified. So I've been teaching for 12 years and owning the studio for the last six years. And I've taught over, 10,000 classes. I've certified over a hundred yoga teachers and I've started creating my own manuals and online coursework and stuff. Cause this is stuff people just need to people who don't want to go to therapy. You can take care of yourself. This is that idea of healing yourself in the best way you can and just making your situation better because the dis-ease causes the disease. <laughs> that's the, th that's the theory in yoga therapy. Oh, no. But I feel it's universal no matter what you do, you know? Okay, cut out just a second. What did you say the theory is? Uh, so the theory is that it's the disease causes the disease. And that's why yoga is so universal. It works for anybody, no matter the situation. It's all mental. We use the poses just to get people grounded. But then we go deeper into the layers of the self and... It is an integrative approach for true transformation and real change. And it's not just a Band-Aid. It's not just a diet. It's you're just more mindful of how your body responds to the heavier foods. And do you really like feeling that way? And people don't pause and have that inner dialogue to figure that out. So how do you go about, you said yoga therapy. Now, I'm not like a yogi expert or anything. Right, right. I dig it. Like, it's cool. I like anything that people can get into that make themselves better. 
Like, I'm sure. not like, a, I'm yes. not like a, um, you don't have to pigeonhole yourself into if you do bodybuilding or you do races or you do CrossFit or whatever it is. It's whatever fits you. That yes. makes, like you said, like up here, whatever mm. brings you joy that's going to get you active those two things combined are going to make you stick with it in the long term. Exactly. Cause there's no other feeling like that. And we all want to feel that way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like people say they work out. It's not like, Oh, oh, it's such a struggle. Well, if you get, if you make it like that, then you're not going to show up on a consistent basis. And then look at what we're having now with the pandemic stuff. I mean, the most susceptible Uh, people, people who are out of shape. It's heartbreaking. It's so hard to see as somebody who, um, so like with, so with yoga therapy, in my opinion, yoga is yoga. I'm a traditionalist. Um, I really go to the philosophy of yoga really teaches you like in the East over in India, the true roots of yoga. The philosophy is learning to sit with the discomfort, knowing that it's going to pass and not freak out. Um, or try to do something to distract yourself from being in it, turn towards it. Um, and so yoga therapy is just one of the many, it's just when you hear yoga therapy, it's just more gentle. It's not an athletic fitness style, hot temperature. Yoga therapy is in a sense where it's a gentler time and there's a little more intention behind it. Yoga therapists, there's a lot more training involved, a lot more training by like, I mean, close to four or 5,000 hours of training compared just to the standard 200-hour teacher. So when you hear yoga therapy, you hear the ones who have been in it for a long time and who have actually invested the equivalent of a college degree. Um, I mean, that's just how it is. So that's so. basically, like, if I understood it right, it's basically just like, if you hear yoga therapy, you know that person's put a lot of time into understanding exactly what yoga is. and they really want to help and help you find your way of healing if you just hear yoga in my opinion now again i'm a traditionalist i've i've been i've been practicing now almost 18 years and teaching for 12 um i like yoga is yoga but yoga therapy you go in there and you know they're wanting to help you Yoga instructors are people at Gold's who just need another thing to add to their bag and they need a little extra for their hustle. You know what I mean? They're going to teach the sun salutations. You get that. It's an amenity yoga. Um, You get that at True Fit. You get that at um, the rec center. All it is is sun salutations. That's all it is. You go to a yoga studio for yoga teachers, the ones who have invested and put in time more than two, three years teaching. They've actually had their hands on people. You aren't going to want to go to a doctor who's never worked on anybody. You're going to want to go to somebody with a lot of experience because it's through experience, us as body workers, and I think you can agree with me, the more you're able to be exposed to different bodies, the more you're able to learn and to learn to adapt and help them and figure them out. I mean, that's what we do, right? When we work with other people and you just get a different grade of how much education and how much they put into their teaching, depending on where you get your yoga. And you're going to find yoga therapists as more of a specialty. They do it out of their home. They do it um, out of studios. Um, Honestly, if physical therapy clinics were smart, they would get certified in that and do their yoga therapy and let that be covered under health insurance. 
Yeah, I mean, it sounds like an awesome. I mean, idea. it's an it's a mo it's a modality that you can use. All does that make sense? Like you can use it anywhere. It can be an amenity, but holy cow, it's so underrated, and it needs to be more appreciated because my pro athletes. Um, I worked with the a and football team several years ago. The Sumlin family have been clients of mine for years and all of my guys are in the pros now and I'm starting to travel and go out to Scottsdale and work on them now that um, with everything that's happening, it's making me more mobile. But um, it's improving just how they prepare, how they train, how they practice. Um, our visualizations, our meditations at the end, I put like 10 pound sandbags on their chest to help their lungs build up that strength and to breathe better. Um, we focus on everything that's functional for them and yoga therapists, we focus on what's functional, what's going to make sense for this client, where, what exactly are they needing and what can we encourage them on? Do we need to have something a little more active for them? Are they feeling lethargic and we need to boost them up? They've been feeling depressed or are they really hyper kiddos who can't focus and we need to ground them down and have practices that really help them hone in on those mental places where there's no other distractions. So we really tweak it per person and you can't do that in a larger class setting. You have to keep it more broad, which is why you have the safe practices of like the simple sun age. You never get anything beyond that because people can get wild with it. I mean, you've seen Instagram. It's insane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's not morally correct. In my heart, it's not morally correct. Well, it's, I don't know that I've ever, and this is out of all the time, I've never heard anybody explain it the way you just explained yoga, which is like mentally overcoming the uncomfortableness. So like I just started training for a little sprint triathlon and I'm not a swimmer. I don't okay. like to run. Like I play sports. I rollerblade. I skate action sports. That's what I do. Like that. That's, right, right. That's it. I like the fast bang, boom. And so, I, I, but I also like trying new things. That's part of who I, I like. I like to get yeah. into new little hobbies. So swimming, like, swim, I take the kids to swim practice and I see them swim a thousand meters, like nonstop. And it's no big deal in their warm up. I swim 50 and I'm like, <gasps> gasping for air. I'm like, dude, I'm not like an unfit individual. This is crazy. It's like, it's a totally different thing. And it, yes. what swimming does for sure is get you comfortable with being uncomfortable, like not being able to breathe, working mm -hmm. on your breath. Breath is mm -hmm. so important. Like I realize I breathe horrible whenever yes. I'm, you know, I'm swimming and I'm like, oh man, I got to tighten this up. This is so terrible. But so you said that it really, like, it took me to that place where I'm like, man, in your mind, you have to tell yourself, to be to get comfortable in this uncomfortable situation and it will pass you're not going to drown you're not going to like this pose isn't going to kill you it's mm -hmm. just uncomfortable so just sit in it for a second sit yeah. in it for another second yeah you're doing this you can do this like and keep right going on. right yeah and so and that's really what it's ultimately about i mean in traditional hatha yoga the teachers from 100 years ago will say if you can sit cross-legged for three hours without moving a muscle, you've mastered yoga. <laughs> I can't even without see. moving a muscle. <laughs> I mean, it's not as complicated as the West has made it to be. And that's what I love because I grew up with such, everything was so complicated and so intense. This is something I can handle and it feels safe for me. 
I still have my seizures. It doesn't fix anything, but man, it makes it all just a little bit of a softer ride. Even through the bumps, you can kind of learn to, even with my depression now, like it's something I'm going to, I feel I'll always have in a way. And it's not going to last, you know? So even in those dark moments, especially now as a yoga therapist, and I'm going to be going back to school, I had to drop out because of, I don't have my degree. Um, I've just done a ton of research and reading on my own and doing this trade, um, which hopefully that's an example. You don't need a degree to get to, you know, get through life, but um, I just want to learn more. Um, but yeah, it's uh, sitting with the discomfort and triggering that fight flight response and then learning to deal with it, especially for athletes. Those visualizations make huge difference. Oh, you know what I mean? Crazy important. Like, so in the act, like the rollerblading that I did, you know, you like you jump down and grind down rails and stuff and you do big jumps yeah. and jumps. It's all visualization. You go up, you visualize yourself. Like, can I do this? Yes, I can do this. I know exactly where to go. My muscle memory and my feet are going to do what they do. My body, I know the angle I need to go at. But then it's just visualization of seeing yourself do that and finishing it. And that's like the most important part. That is, yes. And I yes. do that with everything. Like I see it. Like I, even when I sleep, I see myself doing things like, you know. I but you've created program. those neuro pathways. You have played with that neuroplasticity and you're creating that environment for your mind, for your body to be able to do that. Because your mind doesn't know if you're imagining it or if you're actually doing it. You're still taking it through that process. That's why A-Rod does it. That's what Tom Brady does. That's what the greats do. They literally, I mean, those are the freaks of the industry, but it's because they have that discipline of the mind and it's not common. That's why when people say this is hard, yeah, it's hard. I just thought I had a wild imagination. <laughs> I mean, no, but that's, but you know what I mean? Like so many, you have to learn to get detailed like that. And especially these guys going through football and high contact sports. And then they have their phone and their kids who really video games. So they're always some type of anxiety is happening in the brain. And if you can get them on the ground, calm them down, teach them that they can interact with their mind in those high pressure games and all that stuff they can hone in and be a force. Um, Kelly Preston, you know, just died, that actress. Mm -hmm. um, did you remember that Kevin Costner movie, um, For Love of the Game? Yes. She was his girlfriend in it. She was the love interest. Do you remember when he's on the mound and he's like zero in on the mechanism and he like zones out the whole crowd and it's just him and the batter and the catcher? He yeah. blocks out the entire crowd. That is a perfect visualization of what athletes, if you want to get to that level, your physicality can only take you so far. At one point, you've got to start focusing on that mental game. And with these guys, with all these electronics in front of them, the younger generation, their lifespan is shorter than ours now. They're averaging shorter than ours. They won't last as long as we do. We've got to reactivate that chemistry up there so they can really tap into the potential and it's incredible how physical they can get with their bodies and it's like if your mind was in control how much greater would that machine be for you and safer and safer <laughs> and safer 
And well, because you're stretched out, your joints, everything's hydrated, the breath, more oxygen in the body. They aren't as stale. They aren't going to have a season end break on the ankle. They may have a sprain for a few weeks and then they're back in the game because they've worked on that flexibility. But they've worked on the flexibility that's uncomfortable because they're so tight from lifting weights. Well, you got to face it. I know stretching sucks, but breathe into it. There's a way about it. And it actually should be a process of love of nourishment back to the body. Refill that tank. Yeah. There's I nothing, mean, there's nothing feminine about it. You know what I mean? Like it does, ignore Instagram. It's ruining the industry. <laughs> and goat yoga. Don't uh, even get me started. Don't get me started. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of weird. You say it's ruining the industry. It's just, those, those are just, I think, like you said, you're working with professional football players. The yeah. real like athletes and people who want to hone in on their craft, they know what they need to do. Like they know exactly. that they're weak. That's part of, that is part of being good at what you do is knowing, like being able to look at yourself with an honest outlook, like, okay, I know where I need to get better. I know what I need to work on. I know yes. what I need to fix. Like, you know, you can't, th those guys know, they, they just, yeah. they're like, what do I need to help? Oh, if a yoga is going to help me, then I, I'll do yoga. If ballet, if ballet is going to help me, I'll do ballet. Yes, I really exactly. don't care. Like I want to be good at what I'm doing and I'll like, I will fix it. Whatever a coach says, whatever, mm -hmm. you know, theories, whatever it is that'll work for them. That's what they go through. So right. I don't know that it's ruining it. I think you, you brought up something funny about the technology part that I hadn't really thought about. Like the, you know, a lot of athletes, a lot of kids, a lot of adults they are playing video games mm -hmm. and their minds always going. So you're almost practicing with them getting in the zone while they're in the game, but without yeah. being in the game. Cause it, exactly. it's like sensory deprivation almost. They're go, go, go so much that you relieve, like you take that away and you go, okay, now where are you? It's withdrawing the senses. It's called pratyahara in yoga. There's eight limbs of yoga, the method, the whole way of how it's built out because it's supposed to not again, take care of the physical but we believe in the, in yoga therapy specifically, we call it the kosha system, where there's five layers to the individual. You have the outer body, the physical body. You have the energetic body, the breath, the nerves, right? And then you have the mental, you have the emotional, and then you have the soul. You have that inner self that never changes. That's like your innate self, how you're born. Oh, that's how they've been their whole life. That layer of you, that will always stay consistent. But the top four layers, depending on what the disease is, how you handle your stress, how you freak out to things, and how you handle situations, it starts in the lower levels and it slowly makes its way out. And knowing that we pratyahara is one of those things when we get to the mind and try to balance out that level those are the things you get to that place where you withdraw the senses those are the first layers in getting into a state of meditation and concentration and contemplation like all of those states of mind serve a different purpose and there's a way of doing that so like you said with drawing the senses that's exactly what we're doing and in yoga there's a phrase for it but with my athletes I'm not going to talk to them in the yoga sense you know what I mean I'm just going to be like let's just play with our five senses and then go deeper they have no idea what's happening but it works and they're like holy cow and it's like great
Well, do you, I mean, would that sort of thing work with just the same sort of theory with like a regular business professional that has maybe like a high intense job or they're stressed all mm-hmm. the time? Like you can relate to them in a non maybe yoga way, but like get them to decompress and go into that calmness or where they handle that stressful job a little better as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's again, when they come in and they're wanting help specifically for that majority of America is wanting a workout. So when they're wanting a workout and that's all they want, they don't like the end, the relaxation where you lay there and rest. Most people don't like it. They're uncomfortable. Right. And when you're in a bigger setting, you can't really bring up these thought processes without somebody having an opinion at some point, you know what I mean? You have to know your audience. And, and again, and I say about Instagram, it's not about bending yourself into extreme shapes and adding a little quote at the bottom and saying that that's yoga. (laughs) That's what a lot of people think yoga is and they're missing a big piece of it and how it's just like brushing your teeth or washing your hair. It's just a whole system recalibration. Well, hearing you talk about it is totally different than, I mean, you would think it's just like a oh type of thing. Like that's it. Like, so I, I'm not totally like, obviously Instagram has grabbed it. The people influences on there have grabbed it and just made it their thing. Totally, totally, totally. But like, even when I heard, like I heard about yoga, that's what I thought. Like, that's what I would think is that it's just this like, Oh, you've got to be some sort of hippy dippy person to go and do yoga, you know? And if it doesn't fit that your style, like, Oh, that's for them over there. This is for us over here, but you're explaining it in in like all encompassing. Like, Hey, I work with football players, work with Mm. professional athletes, work with business people. I know my audience. It's just like, I work with a sniper. Like, (laughs) yeah. Oh, I can, when he's on leaves, like when he, like I go with him to the shooting range and we work on his breathing. Like, like, I mean, yeah, it's very, um, it's adaptable you can apply it to anybody and there is a modality in the yoga world. Restorative is using those big pillows where you get to lay there. You have all these sandbags on you. People who are extremely anxious, um, people who have scoliosis or they have vertigo and they can't do a ton of up and down. That's going to be the type of route you would want to go just to keep them safe. It's not just throw them in a hundred degree room and sweat your, sweat your body off and say that that's yoga. You know what I mean? And just that education. I mean, you get it with influencers. I think they said nine out of 10 don't, none of their stuff is truthful. I think that's the (laughs) rate of information now people. And that's why I don't post information freely because it's per person and people And that's what people immediately think, oh, yoga fixed your epilepsy. My cousin has this, this, and this. I'm like, it just worked for me. I don't think, I don't, I can't say it's going to work for anybody else. I still trust Western medicine. There's a place for it. Um, But there's also a place for Eastern medicine. And this is kind of where it comes from. And I try to stay with that because I financially am able to keep clients longer because they I'm somebody who can get, I'm the only person that calms them down through the week. I'm the only person that tells them to breathe. They literally tell me this, like, and they're very challenging people. When they walk in, they're very hard exterior. They're that personality that most people would get frustrated with. But as you practice more and more of the yoga and sitting and sitting with the stillness, things start to sift through up top and you really start to confront your own suffering, your own pain in whatever way in those different layers that it comes up, whether it's physical, emotional, mental. But as you start to touch in with that more, 
it automatically creates that compassion for others where you just want to be there for others and your defenses start to come down and you allow yourself to be a human. Right. So that's and the hippie. You don't walk in as a hippie. You just walk out as a hippie. <laughs> I, imagine, I imagine that it's like, so it's kind of like kids. Like if I told any of our kids something and it was good instruction and I did it perfectly to the T. If there's an automatic wall that comes up, we're with each other all the time. Like it's, yeah. there, there, there may be an automatic wall. I do it. Everybody does that. Human beings just do that. Right. They're like when they go to see you for yoga, those hard people, those people that are rough, when they go in, they're expecting you to tell them to, they're expecting, yeah. they're, they're ready for this. Like you're mm -hmm. outside of that norm. Mm -hmm. And so they're a little bit more, I don't know if it's trusting with the hours that you put in, yeah. but um, it's just like they're expecting this to come from you. So they're mm -hmm. more receptive to the information that's coming out. Yeah. And, and, you know, we, we need that. We need a way to balance out all the stressors. And with my son, he's eight years old and has autism, um, high functioning with a speech impediment. He is a night owl. Okay. Um, but he and I, he loves to breathe. He loves the visualizations. He loves to have his quiet time. In the evenings, I'll do the sandbags on him. It's, it's, it's a technique, like you said, if you use it for the purpose of calming down and creating balance, it benefits you no matter what it looks like. But if you have an agenda going in that you wanna sweat this many calories, you wanna get your leg behind your head in this way, it's only gonna take you so far and if you stay focused in that, you're going to start injuring yourself. That's why I say Instagram is hard on the uh, industry because people will injure themselves and they've completely shot out that infrastructure just for the sake of trying to enter in a giveaway. And I can't agree with people getting injured. This isn't supposed to injure them. This No pain means no pain in yoga. And I tell even Kellen Mond that when he goes to sod off now, he comes twice a week. I see that in their face, they're breathing too hard. That's how you know if you're in a stretch too deep. If you can't breathe and you're in a stretch, you're way too far into the stretch. You got to back off. You got to be able to have plenty of room to breathe. There's a fine line. And I can see it in their faces. And the minute I start to teach them to breathe and to hone in, they don't have time to think about anything else. They aren't worrying about what coach said or the fight they had with their player or the girlfriend or any of that stuff. I make them take off their watches, their phones, everything's put away. And I play in ya. Or sometimes if I'm in a good mood, I let them pick their music. But, I mean, they like their jazz. I try to expose them to stuff that they don't normally hear. Give them nothing music. So it's like, here's the playlist. Take this. When you drive home, don't turn on the radio. Don't do all this stuff. Have nothing music. Or just ride home with the windows down and take in all the sounds. Work on your mindfulness. Because people love it. Once they get it, they're like, this is that peace. This is that internal room, not to get too spiritual, but I do feel we are part of a bigger situation and we all are here for each other. And this is the best way I can be here for people in my community. And I need people to crack those shells open so the goo can come out and we can all be more lovers. You know, ultimately that's the hippie in me, you know, like I just, I just want us all to get along. I think a lot of people could use it right now because <laughs> when you're stuck in your house or your routine gets changed up, like uh, different parts of the country deal with it differently. But I think you see a lot of the effect of like, if you go on social media at all, you're seeing the effect a lot of 
their lives being disrupted. We're social beings. Like even the totally. most perverted person of all of us, we still like to see people. And if you don't yes. see people, yes. you're going to go crazy. That's why they call it like that. That's why they put you in a cell by yourself in a tiny box where nobody can see you in prison. And that's torture. Like well, that. we're a pack species, like whales, like wolves. I mean, we're created. Um, wasn't it um, in Germany? They did studies during, during World War II. The babies who got attention thrived. The babies who never got loved on actually died within weeks. They were fed everything, but they didn't get physical touch and attention. And other babies did. And the ones that did actually lived. The ones that didn't died. That's crazy. I don't know what study that is, but that would be really fascinating. I'll find it and I'll send it to you. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, we, we're dependent on that. Absolutely. And we don't need to, I hate it that people are, it was a joke at first, all the alcohol being consumed and all this <laughs> stuff, but it's just like, I get why a lot of people go to it to mm -hmm. take that edge off, to try to chill out because there's so much going on and it does give you an immediate gratification. Yoga is not as fast as a glass of wine. I promise. They give me an hour and a couple of sandbags and some pillows. It's better than medication. It's better than the booze. You sleep better. You wake up feeling more refreshed, more clear-headed. Your emotions aren't controlling you. A lot of us, when we get, I'm the Hulk. Don't get me wrong. When I'm pissed, <laughs> I am the Hulk. And I don't want to be the Hulk. I totally empathize with Mark Ruffalo. Oh, man, I don't want to get angry. I don't want to get angry. But then when I'm angry, it's like we're there. But let's try to find a way to pull ourselves back out of that and we can create our own rope. You know what I mean? And wine is good, but it doesn't need to be all the time. And especially right now, half my clients are jamming. I've had, we've been training for this. They're like, I am settled in. I'm grounded. Like, I could do this. I'm ready to chill. But I've been working with them for a long time. The ones I haven't been working with that long we're still having to work on some things and I can see them just needing something quick. That's how we are. We're instant. Everything's instant these days. Amazon prime, man, they did it to us. Well, uh, <laughs> well also I mean, the, the thought of like the best things for you aren't always the easiest things to do. That's mm -hmm. always the case. Like, so it's easy to get the out. Like it's easy to buy the alcohol and to drink it in the evening. Right. So like, uh, I don't, now you don't need to work out or that that's an easy thing. Sit on the couch. That's easy. It's right. hard to get up and earn that spot on the couch or earn that, you know, alcoholic beverage at the end of the day or whatever it is. It's hard to earn that because that requires you to go through a little bit of stress, stressing your body out, stressing a little discomfort. Stress. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then there you go. Then the mental side, uh -huh. of like, okay, I got to go through this discomfort to get to my enjoyable part. <laughs> and athletes are a perfect example right they are they, they they show if you put your mind to it that is a very relatable thing for a lot of people in our society right now right you work hard you're, it's gonna pay back to you but I also want to be there for those people even on those days when they're just really feeling I mean just having a hard time it's like this is where that mentality that's that willpower coming you know like I will what I want Put it out in the universe and it will be so. There's something to that, you know? And it oh. all just wraps back around. And it's just, and if more people saw this, I think more people will be relaxed. You know what I mean? And I feel just the energy 
just in the world would be more relaxed. We're all just so defensive. And the more electronics, the more we cut off ourselves off from the humanity. Well, it's easy. It's easy to be like, oh, I'm in this conversation with you right now about yoga and my phone's right there. I can just reach over and pick it up and like, okay, I'll take a break from this conversation and I'll put that back. I just yeah. disconnected from you for a second there. And yeah. it's so easy, but it becomes an addiction to just grab it and look at it. You know, like I love this. This example happened to me in this situation with technology is where uh, I actually put my phone in someone else's bag that was the exact same as mine at the gym. There was tons of bags everywhere. I put it in there. They went home. I asked them, like, did you find it? It was black with a black cover. Anyway, it it was lost, right? I didn't have my phone. Now, all my business for my job is done on that. And I work remotely in my truck everywhere, all that stuff. Well, I noticed that outside of this podcast, as far as for social media, I didn't give two hoots about my phone. I really didn't. Like, I was okay. Mm -hmm. The only thing that bothered me is not being able to call my wife or get a call from my wife to change the plans or go right, pick right, right. up, you know, I mean, calling her at the office or emailing her and then she has to wait to contact till I get home. I'm following the plan that we set up from there. Right. The logistic uh, part yeah. matters, but yeah. that's but, your immediate circle, you know, and that's your, that's your pack, you know, and that's necessary. Yeah. But outside of the, I really didn't miss it. I didn't miss that's it. At awesome. all. It was almost like, Oh man, it's kind of sad. I got another one back. <laughs> Free, it's like freeing, like, you know, it's like, but it's very interesting when you see that and people I think are seeing that in this huge universal pause that it's like, I'm hearing it more from people. I realized I wasn't prioritizing my family as much. And I see these people changing jobs, like nine to fivers, so they can make it more structured. And it's not such a grind because they're feeling where they're at now. And it's really amazing to see and the shift and don't get me wrong. I love to work. I'm up at 4.35 a.m. I love to do, I love, I'm like tea. I like to take my naps in the afternoon. Um, I like the structure, but uh, I can see the benefit and it's just helping me chill out. And yeah, I think yoga, if you just see it as yoga, it can really chill you out. And people who need it, just starting with the breath, that's yoga. If you aren't breathing, it's not yoga. Well, a couple of things I want, like for sure, I want to know is how you restructured the yoga class. Like how you, how do you are you doing things with like people at home? They pay you. You do Zoom classes. Um, do you do one on one trainings with people? I wanted to like how have you restructured your thing from being in a physical f facility into what we're in now? So we. Um we are, we, our doors are technically as a large studio is closed. We've moved, we're in the process of moving it all online. Um, we've been filming, we've been editing and doing all that stuff. Um, we launch Omen Home on August 1st. Um, what will happen is it's an online membership, um, $16 a month. Um, and then there's tiered and that's just the base. That's just all your classes that you would get at the studio like your restorative, your gentle, the flow. Um, I'm going to be adding yoga wall in later this fall that will be included. Um, and then there will be different tiers for athletes where they can unlock a different library for specific, more shorter um, tutorials, more focused on shoulders, lats, very specific for boxers, uh, pitchers, quarterbacks, things of that nature, and trying to section them out per position per sport. So 
I'm basically, I, because I was so busy running the studio and the brick and mortar, now I can put all of my content and all of my knowledge in somewhere. Now I have the time to do it. So that's what I've been doing the last four months. And so um, we'll be putting our teacher training online as well. I do work with people one-on-one. Um, up to three people, but they have to be within the family or under the same household because of these rules right now. Um, and it's per person, it's per case. I'm kind of choosing how I want to pour out my own energy right now because we're dealing with it too, you know? And so, um, but I'll be opening up a small 300 square foot office, private little office in Navasota um, where I'll be working with clients one-on-one. My husband, he got hired um, in Cypher um, with a huge pay raise. And so we're moving to spring at the end of the month, but I'm coming back to finish school at A&M and doing all that. So I will still be here two to three times a week and it's less than an hour away. I don't mind driving. It's fine with me. And so, uh, I want to work more one-on-one so I can, um, the work's just more real and I can just see how it ripples because if I get those people in the right place, especially my accountants, I have a lot of CEOs and things like that. Um, they need a place where their family is not pulling at them for money or things like that. They aren't being pulled into board meetings and having to deal with the drama. They're basically babysitters. That's basically what CEOs are. And, they're, and everything falls on them if something goes wrong. You know, and so their stress levels and being able just to chill them out, go to their office, bring it all in, let them lay down, turn that phone off. The secretary doesn't mess with them. A lot of them do it on Fridays um, around lunchtime, nap time. They stay in the Shavasana for a longer period. Um, and so I'm wanting to do more of those things and put all my standard classes and flows online. Um, and then I'm also on the meditation app Insight Timer. Um, I have yoga nidras and guided meditations that everybody uses, but that's easy for my athletes just to access to help them sleep at night. Some of them just, they have a hard time going to sleep, especially when they're training and all that. They're a little more revved up. So yeah, your mind gets running and Mm -hmm. how did you get involved with athletes? Like what, what took you down that path? Well, it's so funny. You say how you don't like to run and swim. That's not your favorite. We'll say it's not your favorite. Um, When I came back to town, I I hate running. I don't like to exercise. My private school used exercise as a punishment. My therapist and I have established this. And so I'm a little scarred. (laughs) I like to swim. I love swimming because water is very grounding. Um, when I feel triggered, my safe space is my bathtub. So swimming makes sense to me. But when I moved here to, back to town, I started doing teaching a donation class at the Brazos Running Company, um, running shoe store here in town. And um, they, uh, I joked how it's like, I don't see how y'all sweat all day. This is insane. Like I didn't own a pair of closed-toed shoes or anything. But I always vowed in Houston when, because I got trained in Houston and I taught in Houston my first several years before we relocated here. And um, I worked on some yoga walls and it's an extension of yoga. Um, again, from it's a, it helps you set your pelvis, get yourself more into a structural, proper, organic alignment and the way you were built out, not so much taking you in massive poses. So it really sets boundaries and security for people, especially any of my clients who are overweight and they can't do the down dogs and put weight on their hand and wrists. Um, 
this holds their weight and still allows them to get that extension and stretch and decompression that their physical body really needs. And a lot of times that's the tweak and they can go, I've had clients who can go three times as long between sessions as they would with chiropractors. And so they stopped going to the chiropractor and they just did their yoga, yoga walls. And now they have them installed in their homes because now they know what they're doing and they don't need me anymore. So I installed yoga wall six months into owning the studio because I swore not enough people are utilizing this tool. And I saw that was a missed market, even in Houston, like nobody, I'm about to do launch my online training of yoga wall and even personal trainers can do it. You don't have to know yoga to be able to do wall. But man, it gives them that leverage and that structural um, balance that everybody wants. Um, so I installed it and I got an email later that uh, fall from a, somebody with the last name of Sumlin. I didn't realize it because I didn't care about sports. I had more important things to do with my time. Um, and so I just, didn't, I just didn't agree with it from an outsider. I've never been a fan. I was entertained with football to make my husband happy when we first met. But beyond that, that's just what it was. Um, and this, this client, she's the most curious client I've ever met. Anything new, she's going to try it. She wants to see everything that's out there. She's, oh, she has such an open mind to anything and everything. Um, no matter if it's exercise, food, clothes, whatever, music. And so she wanted to try Yoga Wall. And that was in 2015. And I didn't work with the players until 2017. And I started working with her and her family. But I'm also not somebody who's like, hey, get me a job. I saw myself as more of a support for the wives who are supporting the coaches who are supporting the players, right? Like I was already in that big concept. We're all in it together. Um, I think that's what spirituality is, is realizing we're all here to help each other. And so that's how I was for her. So I saw a lot of coaches' wives get calls that they were fired through the years, all this stuff. Like I saw a lot of emotion behind all the stuff everybody else sees. So I already didn't like sports and now I'm getting close to the people behind all the stuff that's having to do it. And I'm seeing the demands and I'm just like, I need to schedule an appointment with my therapist. I need to, it's a lot, you know, and then so growing up with all the stuff and still learning, how do I handle this and carry this and not let it drag me down? Right. Like that's just knowing that's, that's how I am. Um, and I just worked with them for several years. And then it was his last season. And one Sunday I had the family in and coach stayed a little after. And it's like, Hey man, do you have time to be work with the team this fall? Like I need you to get their minds right before the game, after the game, wash it off so they can be focused for the next. He as a coach really saw the mental side of it. And then when I got in there, he's the head honcho. So he's like, okay, this is your point person. And it was one of the athletic trainers and they basically cut my time in half and showed me videos that they give the dudes. And they're like, this is what we want you to do. So I didn't even get to do my own yoga with the guys. But after that season, I stayed in touch with everybody because I got to be really close with them and their families um, and the moms and stuff. Cause all the moms are like, I'm in for the football game. Can we come in for a session? So half of them have walls and all this stuff now. And so seeing how I can support that community as they're trying to get their kids into those places and everything. I don't ever want to put it down. I feel bad doing that at all. But now that I see into it, um, there's a huge need there, especially for the athletes. Like this is their ticket and they're more than athletes. And that's my role to remind them 
this is a temporary thing. It's not always going to last. You have your goals, but no, even after that, it's going to be uncomfortable because you aren't going to know what to do, but we're going to get through that too. And you're going to have those tools. So the younger the athletes to start to learn to do this, the better that they're just going to have that overall edge and they're more aware of themselves. Cause even now I'm sure you working with people at the box, you know, people who are aware of themselves and people who aren't, it's very clear. And the ones who aren't, they just need to learn how that's all. They need well, to yeah, simplify it. it. That, that takes a lot of like, so that takes time. Like myself, I never worked out. I never did anything before CrossFit. I never did any of right. that. That just fit my style. It was something, the other stuff, I didn't like it. I tried it for like a little bit. And I was like, <laughs> it's just not me. Like, this is so terrible. I'd really go play basketball or go skate. Right. But this is something that, but because I did something that I love to do and I was around people that I love to be around, like a community, mm-hmm. through that and doing the exercise and being into it more in competitions because I'm a competitive person, I learned so much about my own body. Right. I'm feeling I'm more aware of the different things that are going on in my body now, which is incredible. Like mm-hmm. it's really cool. And that, I see that benefit with anything like the yoga, yeah. whatever it is, if you, yeah. but it's reps. It, like you said, 200 hours and you're a yoga therapist. I think that's really important. It's a really important thing for people to know that are looking for a place to go that want to try yoga because you can go to one of these little things or you can go to somebody who's done a lot of reps, put in a lot of time, spent a lot of money and really cares about what they do. And that's the, like, there's the value. The value is in, you know, you say, Oh, well it's just getting into poses. I mean, it's just lifting a barbell, right? Exactly. (laughs) Well, and that's why we have these specialty places, you know, it's like, it can just be poses. If that's how you need to start and that's how most people have to start. And so I meet them there. But give me a couple weeks, and we slowly just work with the breath. They start to ask questions. And that's when I realize I can start to go because I'm not doing it. They've just allowed their mind to loosen up a little bit. And it's just like, not just the fist, like, blessed are those who are flexible, for they never get bent out of shape. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it's like, and I feel with workout routines, whether it's yoga, weightlifting, anything like that, if it's not working for you, people need to take that as a sign and try something else. Yeah. You know, like you can't force it. Like there's so many options out there these days. And I feel too many people are just going with a generic pick when it's like, there's so many other things that you can taste and try that will really benefit you. Like I hate seeing people who just keep on forcing it. That's why when people do yoga and they're like, Oh, this isn't for me. I'm like, I mean, I'm not going to try to sell it to you. It either works for you and clicks or it doesn't. I don't want to force it because it's not going to benefit them. And then that's going to be a distraction to everybody else. And so it's like, try it, but it's okay if it's not for you. Maybe try it in a couple of years, circle back around, you know, and people aren't used to hearing it like that. But if you can present it like that and you aren't wanting them in skimpy clothes and making them sweat and all this stuff and this massive music, and doing all these special extra effects to dress it up just to get people to coming in. I mean, I know places in town who are doing, or places in the state who are doing trainings where the people leading the trainings just got certified six months ago. And that's really hard. And those teachers come to me and they want a job. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't. 
You don't know what's dangerous about some of these poses. You don't know people coming in with that sciatic issue. You're giving them something that's actually going to inflame that sciatic issue. You don't know anything about biology. Yoga trainings don't teach that. They don't teach the um, anatomy portion. We have to do that on our own. Like I've, I've audited junior, I've audited JUCO classes and things like that. Like there, you have to do a whole lot more legwork on your own to be a, um, a marketable teacher and just a safe teacher. Again, it's not about the poses and getting the leg behind the head. You really injure somebody. That's what makes you such like, it's not so much, it's not that, that you do code, like have classes is that that time when you, when people do get in front of you because you've had that experience and you put in that effort and that time and that research, you're able to be actual good coach. And coaching, exactly. yeah. coaching is a skill that you work on just like working out. Exactly. And if you aren't doing it, it's like you only swim. You had to get in the water to learn how to swim. So, so yep. many people are like after teacher training, they're like, oh, I'm so scared. I'm so nervous. I'm like, I've given you so many more. I've compiled 12 years of my experience into one training for you. I have basically spoon fed you and they still won't do it. So even out of those hundred ki- people that I've trained, maybe 10 actually teach. Yeah. Well, it's scary like that. But discomfort. <laughs> it's like. It's super easy to read something out of a book, watch a video, do something like that. Yeah. It's. I love like this is my favorite thing about competition or one of my favorite things is that no matter what, when you step on a competition floor, whatever it is, you're exposing yourself to everybody and there is no lying about it anymore. Like you can't cheat your way through it. You like, if you cheated before you're not cheating out there, like there is no getting past that. You're, you're testing your abilities. So the people brave enough, to go out there and test those abilities. I have all the respect. It doesn't matter what the finish is. You've earned respect from every, everybody on a competition floor respects that person that took the chance. Like just trying, just putting your out there, yourself out there and doing it. Exactly. But it's hard. And the first time you do it, Mm -hmm. you're probably not going to be great at it. You know, there's very few people the first time they do it, they're just great. But the way you get good is by putting in that 200 hours of time. And then all of a sudden you become a yoga coach. Like, so the 200, the way it works, there's a 200 hour. That's the base level. That's basically kind of like an associate's degree. Um, that's, you're going to get that at golds at lifetime fitness, all of those places. Okay. That's, that's what people can get quick. Then you have the 500 hour level. That's kind of just like the undergrad ver- version of it, where you go a little bit deeper into information beyond the poses, Um, And then with yoga therapy, they're technically thousand hours, but with how much training and thought process you put into it, it's closer to 5,000 hours. So I haven't been given Um, enough credit. 200 is like way under. I need to say (laughs) 5,000. So I just call myself a yoga teacher though. Like at the end of the day, um, those credentials, those type of things, it's more about how many years I've been teaching, not so much my education and my classes, you feel my, you hear, I share my education and try to literally teach, not just instruct poses, actually try to teach them. And so I feel there's a difference between yoga instructor, yoga teacher, and yoga therapist. In my personal opinion, whenever I do my trainings, I am working out 
curriculum for each of those, but they would all build on top of each other. And there's a way of doing it. So you really can be thorough. You can just be there for anyone and everyone. And it's so funny. I have more students who tell me, oh, the breathing really worked whenever I went to go get my tattoo last weekend. Like I hear that more times that the breathing has helped them when they've gotten tattoos than any other event in life. <laughs> it made perfect sense. Like, that's on discomfort that you got to just sit through it. And like, yeah, you know, you, like, yeah, you really do. Just labor, that. labor, discomfort. Well, that's why it's good for prenatal, you know? Yeah. Cause that's uncomfortable. That's, that's very uncomfortable. <laughs> I would not know about that at all. I, I, that one's a hard one for me to get in my brain to understand that. Like, oh, yeah, I, it looks super uncomfortable. Well, um, I guess let everybody. This is uh, like this has been a fantastic podcast. I can see why you're so good at what you do. Um, oh, thank you. And explaining it, like, you've done the best job ever of explaining like what yoga is, the background, like selling it. It's kind of like. Crossfitters needed to, to say wad in it, so they made Ramwad so that you could do yoga yeah. and actually stretch. Yes. But you can do the same thing. So I hope people on a local level here that in any sort of gym or whatever find you and follow you. So let everybody know where they can find all of your products, what you're doing, how to keep For up sure. with you and get the services and all that. Yeah. So on Instagram, it's Omgrown Yoga, O-M Grown Yoga. Um, because I am a local girl when we decided on that name, I wanted to be, I wanted it to be more eclectic, more localized and to the community. So homegrown yoga, but we just shortened it up, um, homegrown yoga. And then beauty is being human. Um, those are my two accounts. Uh, beauty is being human is my teaching page, my personal page. And then homegrown is the studio virtual studio. Now, um, you can find us on, um, homegrowncollective.com where uh, you can sign up for a seven-day trial um, run with the online library that launches um, August 1st. And then you have homegrownyogastudio.com, where all the other information is, my athlete page, all of that. All, those are the two hubs where you can find everything else. And um, I'll just be in and around town. I'll be down in Navasota and down in Houston and traveling and seeing my guys and all of that. And so seeing if there's going to be a football season, I don't know. All of, uh, it's like all of my athletes, I'm messaging. I'm like, are y'all sleeping? How's your anxiety? I don't ask about their physical body. I ask all about the mental game, you know, and especially for athletes, they need safe people because the higher up they go, they realize the more people just want to use them or get a signature or this and that. And, they know I could care less if they're good or not. I just want them to know that they mean something and I want to make sure they stay mentally sane and well. So, but that's where you can find me and um, I'll be in and out of sawed off quite a bit. Terrence and I have been talking about different things that we can do and um, giving y'all's members uh, complimentary passes online to be able to get that recovery, that regeneration, the athlete pack specifically. Um, so it's not an hour long. Athletes don't have that attention span. Give it to them in a good 25, 30 minute dose. And that's all they need, you know, Attack and so within 30 minutes and then get out <laughs> and do it by yourself. People can learn with yoga. It shouldn't be so complicated that you need a teacher. Once you've been able to give in your roadmap of your body, you know, it's something you should be able to do on your own and have, you should have confidence in yourself enough to do it on your own. 
you know. Yeah, just, I mean, just sitting here talking to you, I mean, we're social beings, like we said. It really does help. Even if you're a video screen that they yeah. pay money to watch you teach them and hear the voice, that even that is better than sometimes than just doing it by yourself. So yeah. I hope everybody yeah. goes and checks it out. This has been a blast. I've loved it. Thank you so much, Charlotte, for being on. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you, everybody, for joining us on this episode of the podcast. And thank you so much to Charlotte for being on. Go check out Homegrown Studios and homegrowncollective.com. Support her any way you can. She's a really cool human with a big heart. And don't forget to go like, rate, and review the podcast on iTunes or anything that you have that gives you that option. It really helps and supports the podcast. And until the next episode, see ya.